you know, this game has a quote unquote story mode, which is like every character in the game goes, wow, you're summoning things. You're a great summoner. Yeah. Why, why are these other people fighting against us? We don't know. You're such a great summoner. Like that's the whole story. Of the game, right? All right, welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. And I uh, am your host, Matt. And I'm Scott. And I'm Ash. This is episode number 259. It feels the number keeps going up, guys. It's, uh, yeah. It does. I honestly (laughs) thought I'd be dead by this time. So, (laughs) (laughs) at the rate that we put them out, like one through 50. Yeah, yeah, honestly. You guys want to know something funny? When I was uh, looking for the show notes for this episode, I mistakenly typed in 159. Uh-huh. And uh, let me tell you what we were talking about. We yeah, were talking about, about it. 100 episodes ago, <laughs> which was 2014. Uh, we were talking about Twin Peaks coming back. Ooh. We were talking about Titanfall. Okay. Uh, we were talking about Arrow. Uh, and uh, well, we were talking nothing's about changed. nothing yeah, has changed. Say, is, is Twin Peaks back yet? <laughs> Twin Peaks may. is a couple months coming back. And, day, yeah. uh, Hearthstone. We were actually talking about Hearthstone. Matt was. <laughs> so that was, that was probably, me, yeah. And that was what, yeah. like a year ago, two years ago at this point? That was, was uh, June 2014. There you go. That was OG Hearthstone. Wow. Oh, yeah. way, way before you, man. Yeah, before I was on board but anyway i thought that was pretty funny i was like 159 what are we doing in this week's episode i'm like oh, okay this is all fun stuff i'm like this is vaguely familiar oh wait this is three years ago yeah that's <laughs> wow that's super crazy let's do the rundown <laughs> anyway anyways let's see so we're just gonna catch up a little bit on this episode it's been a weird week but uh yep. we'll talk about what we've been up to there's a bunch of news that i think is worth talking about so that's a good reason to get together and then um i was thinking maybe we could talk a little bit about santa claria diet because <clears throat> ashley watched some of that right yeah yeah i watched the pilot excellent yep and then uh, i think we've all been playing fire emblem heroes yep and then, mm-hmm. uh, what is this you have here, Matt? Abstract, The Art of Design. A new uh, Netflix documentary. Oh, excellent. You, you are our like, uh, documentary uh, subject matter expert here on the podcast. So Yes, sure. Uh, yep, that sounds I'll pretty good it. to me. Yep, done. Cool. Well, this uh, month for Loot Crate, who is our sponsor, they are constructing a crate of monumental proportions. And to do so, they've recruited some of the best builders, mighty morphers, and tower shapers from pop culture's most put-together franchises Roll up your sleeves and get ready to build. This month features items from Batman, Mighty Morphin, Power Rangers, Lego, Tetris, and more. So head over to lootcrate.com slash ratedNA and use the code ratedNA. Get a discount, help out the site, and show Loot Crate some love. Uh, I literally, reading, the, I think this is the second time I've read this one, I just now got the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and why they would be part of a building thing. Oh, because they form the Because they robot? form, yeah. Yeah, uh, it took yeah. me... Mm-hmm. I, I did not put that together previously. So. I think that was kind of a stretch on their part. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme. As long as you can find a theme. You know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I could see them in the room with like the whiteboard, like, and then uh, they kind of go together, right? It's building, right? <laughs> uh, Ash, what have you been up to? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. 
I was gifted a copy of this Forza Horizon 3 game. Yeah, uh, you were. And uh, I've been playing it in the evening, and you guys are right. I'm not going to talk about it too much because we've been talking about it for quite some time. But it is super fun, and it is a great turn-your-brain-off-and-play uh, kind of game. Like, I was able to have a two-hour conversation with my wife last night while yeah. playing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so I just kind of raced around. Uh, I recreated the car from uh, Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, and I've just been kind of driving around running into things and, you know, just kind of getting aggression out that way. So that's been kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's that, that's one of the things I love about that game is the level of customization. Um, it You know, you can really, if you see a car that you liked from a show or something like that you can basically find it in the game and repaint it and build it and drive around in that and do whatever you want which is super fun um let's see what else i've been doing uh still catching up on my shows we're a little bit behind walking dead came back haven't watched that yet um saw the next episode of riverdale still really enjoying it i think it's fun i think everyone should give it a shot and let us know what you think of it um i actually started playing and we talked about this years ago uh star wars galaxy of heroes again the mobile game wow yeah just because i have a lot of like tablet time lately mm-hmm. and uh dove back into that and uh, i've been playing that for i guess a couple weeks now um kind of back into it i'm i'm currently ranked in the top i think 1300 people in the world That's in pvp amazing. right now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like level 70 or something ridiculous. Uh, did you join a guild? I did join a guild. Yeah, I joined a guild. I have a spaceship now. Like, There's all sorts of crazy stuff going on in that game. But it's fun. I'm, I'm basically... Um, I'm a big fan of General Grievous from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And they made, him, um, they made him able to unlock, but he is like... First of all, Galaxy of Heroes is like the grindiest of tablet games ever, right? Right. Uh, and uh, they made him like like the very tippy top of the grind. So you have to just like, you have to like max your stars out. And this is like for the five people that are still playing this and myself, but you have to max your stars out on your characters. So you have to get your character, I think to like um, level seven on their star meter. And then you have to keep getting shards for them and to be able to like unlock journal grievous. And it takes, you know, forever in a day, but I'm kind of doing that. <laughs> um, what else? I'm still playing a little bit of overwatch. I've been kind of taking a bit of a break. Um, unlocked most of the year of the rooster stuff that I wanted. And, uh, that ends, I think tonight or tomorrow. And uh, other than that, just been kind of hanging out, trying to get sleep when I can, and um, ready for some some packs with you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Matt, what have you been doing? Uh, you know, not not um a crazy amount. I played in a bunch of Forza as well. Uh, actually, doing like attempting to play through like the uh, things that are going on in the world like because it's very easy to get in a car and just kind of drive the forza and do a race or like the actual like events just like events. everything mm-hmm. yeah like all mm-hmm. the game events and then like forzathon and like uh i didn't realize it but like i accidentally unlocked one of the challenges in forzathon and i got a uh, warthog which is like a it's not i thought it was the actual warthog from the uh halo, from, halo? From, from halo I think it might. Is it? It's it not. looks exactly like it. I think it is, maybe, but it's like it's like a based on kind of, you know. Uh, well, I don't know I if mean, there's a real one. There, I mean, there there is because I remember when the game was coming out. Um, I didn't even have the game, and they sent me like a Xbox message and said, 
uh, hey, you know, thanks for being a Halo fan. Here's a key to unlock the Warthog in oh, Forza. Cool. So they, if there is a, if you got a Warthog, that's probably it. I got one. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. Awesome. So I got that. Super and that fun. was really fun to drive. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I should like actually look at these Forza Thon challenges because some of them are, are very doable. And then like they, they give you like crazy shit. Like it's like, Either. brand new cars and, and money and all this other stuff that you can unlock from it's it. it's kind of like a like the dailies in a mobile game except it's like a weekly event yeah Forza Thon. yeah yeah that's cool so i've been doing that and then playing a bunch of the events and like it, you will find the more you play that like every car feels super different and you'll feel in different moods at different times and you'll just kind of like it's just a very like like you said you can just sit and play and like kind of turn off and do other things and it's very enjoyable i don't know and then uh uh so did a bunch of that that's probably really my only like gaming gaming I've been doing. I got to get back into uh, finish Witcher at some point, but mm. um, I saw Ghost in the Shell, the original anime in the movie theater this week. That's whoa, cool. crazy. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> or is it not I cool? I kind of wish I had like a uh, 16 year old Matt's vision of ghost and maybe 20 year old Matt's, you know, I probably saw it again in college a couple times or something. Uh, we watched the dub version. We couldn't go to the, the uh, subtitled one sold out mm-hmm. and man, there's just a lot of like awkward silences and the difference between like studio Ghibli, 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 uh, really kind of changed the game. I feel like for American like bringing anime to America and having it voiced, it, it really is right. like Ghost in the Shell. Every line is delivered as if somebody took seven Xanax before they said the line. <laughs> they're like delivery. It's just like, yes, that's what he's doing. He's going over there to the edge. Long pause. Yeah, I don't. Think oh, okay. Quite I'll put go the, do this. the care into the uh, into the voice acting back then. Well, in the it's 90s, like it's, you know, it's not just that, but it's also like they they clearly didn't edit for the American edit, like there's not an American edit. So like when a sentence would end in Japanese, there's just like a weird long pause before the American, like it's just, it's weirdly paced. And the whole thing was very like, it's still gorgeous. And like the stuff they predicted, I had to look up what year it got made. It was like 95 or four, maybe six, but um, it's mid nineties. And the stuff they were predicting is like, things that are starting to happen now in real world tech, you know, like they were, they were, they were saying stuff about technology and stuff that would happen to people with this technology that is like starting to happen now. And it's really cool. Crazy to watch. Um, so we watched that and then, uh, Melissa and I don't do Valentine's day on Valentine's day, uh, because that's obnoxious and no one should, uh, it's a terrible, (laughs) terrible idea. Mm -hmm. It puts way too much pressure it's like on a Tuesday this week, like whatever. That's ridiculous. So uh, usually we'll do something like a dinner or something nice somewhere around it. And we've both been pretty stressed with work and, and other stuff going on. So I booked us. I was going to go to Boston with her and then the blizzard hit up here. Um, so I we did a little staycation and we stayed in the city at a hotel and went and did some stuff. And one of those things was we went to the Westminster Dog Show. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> which was... Uh, something uh it was like it's much smaller obviously than than like any of the cons we go to yeah but but it's still like equally like per capita as packed as like going to pax or or comic-con or something like it's still full of people who just really love dogs and uh (laughs) (laughs) it's weird i watched uh i watched the small dogs like agility competition for a little bit 
and then I watched uh, some of the big dogs agility. That was what was going on the day we went. So I watched like the big dogs and the little dogs do agility competitions, and they had like a breed meet and greet where you would go. It'd be like a vendor area almost where you walk around and all these people had like it's like artist alley dogs. Yeah, it was <laughs> yes, it was literally artist alley but yep. with dogs instead of pictures. Yes, so you could just like stand in line and then pet a chihuahua. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it was, it was super weird, but, um, Melissa like loved it. It was, she was just absolutely in heaven. She bought like a hoodie and stuff. Like she was like nice. super stoked on going to Westminster and, uh, and I had fun. You know, I think I texted you guys a couple of jokes. Like I can't find the tabletop gaming area, <laughs> uh, but it, it was, oh it was cool. It was, it, it was different. It's fun to go to like a different kind of con like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been to a few reptile shows before for, oh, I don't yeah, even you know have, why. But, and it, yeah. it is very strange. Like the hype is still there, but it's like, I would imagine it'd be like, if my parents went to a gaming show, they'd be like, <laughs> look at all these people. They're so excited. I have no idea why they're so fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> like we were, so it was like the prelims for the agility thing. And we were, the big dogs started racing and we went over to watch it. And, and like Melissa like worked her way up front to see, and I just kind of stood wherever there was there was room, and uh, like when a dog got first, like when a dog took the record or whatever, it erupted into cheers. Like it, it was crazy. It was like a baseball. Like somebody hit a home run in baseball. Like it, like all of a sudden it would just explode into people cheering for this dog. This is amazing. That like ran really fast through the agility course, and then, but of course my favorite were the dogs that like you know those poles that kind of like go through like. There'll be a bunch of like vertical poles and they kind of like zigzag like through them. Like a slalom? Them. Yeah, like a slalom. Mm-hmm. There were dogs that clearly, I don't know how they got into the prelims, but they clearly were just kind of like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> like, not feeling it today. And they would get up to those poles and at like a glacial pace walk through it. And people were like laughing when it would happen. It was, it was the most hilarious thing. He would like, the dog would like get to it and just be like, Ugh, and just like slow walk all the way through the poles. Amazing. <laughs> like left or right would take forever. We saw oh, one man. dog who actually got timed out. Like he didn't get through it fast enough and the clock stopped on him. And he was halfway through the course. Aww. So it was fun, but, uh, that was, that was really good. We, we did a bunch of, we didn't do, but we went to a bunch of, uh, musical improv shows, which I have never really gone to before. Okay. And they're crazy. If, uh, if you're ever in a city that does a bunch of improv, like here or Chicago or LA or Seattle or something or San Fran, probably, um, if you see a musical improv show that you can go to, I highly recommend it. They essentially do improv, but like create a musical as oh, opposed oh, to, okay. Oh, okay. As opposed to doing more like freeform jazz. And I was like, no, oh, I will rather eat glass. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's insane. They'll have like a, a guy playing piano and the, like two people will walk out and kind of start a scene. And then the piano player will kind of come in with some sort of like themed music. And then we saw one that was all about the sea and they did like a big, like a uh, pirate kind of themed musical. And, and then we saw another one last night that was, it's called our love, our, your love, our show or something like that. And they have two people get up on stage and they interview them about their relationship essentially. Okay. And then do a musical based on their relationship. Oh and uh, it's all like made up on the spot. The musicians are all like making up music. I mean, there's like, yeah, there's like theme, like there's there's known patterns and stuff. It's not like they're literally riffing every single thing, but but it's so impressive. It's though. like, oh, it's it's insane, like that their brains are working on that kind of level. So highly recommended if you ever go. It's really good. And then uh, 
we went to apparently a famous ramen place that we didn't know was as famous as it was, and it was good. It's by chance. That was our staycation. Does everybody love it? Uh, I went. We booked it sort of by chance, like it was on like some blog or something. Like, hey, oh, okay. this is one of the best Brooklyn or not Brooklyn Manhattan ramen places. And then we went there, and like we got a seat at like seven, and by eight it was like line out the door. And then uh, our waiter was like, "Oh, have you ever seen that show Chef's Table?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "We're on the next episode." And I was like, oh, oh cool. okay, wow, <laughs> neat. <laughs> so, so it was fun. It was like a good little staycation. Highly recommend uh, getting away for a couple of days. We were talking about like, it, there's really only a couple cities I think you can do it in, like effectively without really literally getting in your car and like driving away. Yeah. Um, and it's like New York. You can stay in Man if you live outside of Manhattan. You can stay in Manhattan. You feel like you're, you know, nowhere near home. And then Orlando, you can do the parks, you know, like in the, you feel like you're kind of away at least from your house and oh, stuff. Yeah, and then, absolutely. And then like maybe LA, like you could go stay out on the beach if you live in the city or in the mountains or like, there's like it, you run out of space, I think sometimes with some cities, but who knows, maybe, maybe I'm just oblivious. So, uh, Scott, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Uh, I finished, what was I playing? Oh, I finished Watch Dogs 2, or at least, you know, up until the point before the DLC comes out. And uh, what I like to do after playing like a pretty long open world game is I like to play something different, you know, like a shorter game or, or something of that nature before going back to another open world game because they're time consuming and it gets, you know, sometimes those games get bogged down in collectibles and things like that. So I decided to go back and replay South Park, The Stick of Truth, because it's uh, backwards compatible now. Nice. And uh, yeah, uh, I just, I remembered a lot of what happens in that game, but there's so much that I forgot you know and it was still surprised to see certain things happen and um uh it was just a lot of fun and it's still funny you know even though i i knew what was going to happen the game is still funny um i actually think that that game has better the combat was better than i remember it being even though people said you know myself included that the combat was not very deep necessarily but i do think there are ways that you can customize the game to kind of you know craft a play style around it i i played uh i played as the jew class this time uh okay yeah yeah i mean it's like i i never uh i didn't really know what what that you know because you know you can play as like there's like a rogue <laughs> a knight and then a, a mage i think and then yeah they add that class because of cartman i'm assuming right in the game and i was like i i honestly think it's probably the most powerful class in the whole game which is kind of funny um <laughs> You know, because he he you know uh, makes. Is it of... like clericy? Is that what it is? Or I can't remember. I no, th- I think a friend played it. It's actually. Um, I think it ends up being a hybrid of all three classes in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, okay. But where you know each of the classes kind of favors one particular uh, damage specialty. You know, so like I played as the rogue, and so the rogue. Um, I think I used a lot of like gross out and uh, like lightning damage on my character. Yeah. And this character uh, is really good at bleeding. So like, you know, damage over time, like so and then breaking down um, armor, too. So it ended up being a really fun playthrough because when you came up against highly defended enemies, you could just like strip off, literally strip off all their armor because they have a uh, like a uh, there's a, an attack called like s- circum s- circum scythe or something like that. Yeah, you can you can just imagine what what that's oh, like. Boy. 
but it is hilarious. And um, uh, I played it kind of in anticipation of getting ready for the next game to come out. And then lo and behold, that game. And it's going to come out any day now. That game is not coming out any day now. <laughs> oh, right. Which is probably good anyways, right? Because there's what, like five or six humongous games coming out over the next yeah. um, uh, 45 days. So that's probably for the best. And I, I don't mind when that happens, especially when uh, there's so many other games coming out in the short time frame. So that's okay. And uh, I played some Fire Emblem Heroes and just kind of recently stopped playing that, but we can talk about that later. And I'm just trying to figure out what to play next off the old game pile. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe. So I have some candidates here. I mean, obviously we can all play Forza together. Um, yeah. You know, and then I've got some shorter titles that I, I picked up through sales like uh, Dear Esther. I still have Firewatch to play on Xbox. And, um, you know, there's always Matt's uh wolf among us i could play through as well so i mean uh, why start now why start now because i have uh i think i have until march 3rd until zelda comes out but why like why play wolf among us though you know i mean there's so many games you can replay and but you it's because stuff because you try because you told me to play it because you said it was good (laughs) and so maybe i maybe i should play it right (laughs) it's probably the probably whatever probably the right thing to do maybe that maybe i'll play that next and then maybe i'll do firewatch after that but uh yeah there you go how about we um get into some news news uh the first is that there are two humble bundles going on that i wanted to mention i think the first one both of these could feasibly be gone by the time this hits the air so i apologize ahead of time but um there is a star wars humble bundle three that is available right now and i think for $14, $14, you can get something like 14 different Star Wars games. And it's crazy. Um, yeah. It's and basically then, everyone that you've ever wanted to play. Yeah, the old school, you the know. classics, you know, like X Wing yeah. vs. TIE Fighter, both Kotor yeah. games, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which people still like, you know, especially because. I think of it the, even has Force Awakens in it, doesn't it? Uh, it has Force Unleashed 1 and 2. Unleashed. Isn't uh, Force Unleashed games with gold this what month? What I say, too? Force Awakens? Yeah, you That's say Force it, Awakens. Yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> that, yeah, the Force, we'll get to that in a bit, but the yeah, the Force Unleashed for 360 is the next games with gold title, which will be backwards compatible in two days. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's in the bundle as well. The uh, thing that I found to be interesting is that they list as a debut um, Shadows of the Empire, which I guess is that somehow new to Steam. I played it on Nintendo 64, the original. Yeah, I think I did too. Shadows of the Empire, <laughs> yeah. which is like a, probably the the most solid, you know, Star Wars story, like within the main canon, you know, at the time. Um, yeah. It was actually really was good. Was that part of the Outcast? Was that one of them too, or no? No, that's that was like you're thinking about the, um, like Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That series, yeah. Shadows of the Empire, I think takes place during the original trilogy, and it it's kind of like I seem to remember it being a story that is similar to the one in the vein of Force Unleashed, where like you know the Empire is doing things in the background, like while the heroes are doing things in the right. film, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think Shadows of the Empire followed someone. Da- Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. I think. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. good game. It was a really good game. Like a third-person shooter, I think. Right, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's kind of the draw on that that pack. But I, I feel like I played a lot of these games. Uh, I wanted to always wanted to play Empire at War, but I'm like terrible at RTS. But I always thought it was a interesting 
concept. For me, it was just like a, a kind of like, I think you said it too uh, in Slack possibly, but it, it's kind of one of those like, I don't know if I own all these games or where I own them, but they are games that I wouldn't mind having. Yeah, you in know, the library. Like, yeah, like for just sure. having them in the library where you're like, oh, I could play an old Star Wars game right now. Like, you know, and for Humble Bundle and also like, it was a good, it's UNICEF, so it's like a decent charity. And I was like, ah, oh, this all this all works. Yeah, I mean, all the, I feel like all the, anything, anytime you see a Star Wars, like, charity event, it's part of that force for change, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. I think most yeah. of the time that goes to UNICEF. So that's always, always a good thing. I really liked um, Rogue Squadron 3D as well, which I Yo, also yeah. think was an N64 yeah, title. Awesome. Lots yeah. of fun. Lots of fun to I play think that we one. played a ton of that in college. Basically. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was, it was yeah. not to age myself, but I, I own like a lot of these games in boxes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think like Battlefront 2 and some of these, uh, I think I Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2, I still own the boxes for. So yeah, good stuff. Anyways, that bundle's there. Uh, another ginormous bundle that just, I think, I think it just appeared today is called the Freedom Bundle. Yes. And it is a uh, gigantic mostly indie bundle that supports aclu the irc and msf and all of the money from the bundle goes to charity so that's it's like it's already preset that way it's pretty awesome yeah 100 so like the um the the base pr- it's not like pay what you want it, the base price is 30 dollars. So you pay 30 dollars or more but you get oh my god let me see this one two three four five i think it's 50 six, seven eight, nine, almost 50 games and probably more on the way. I think I counted, uh, about 47 games in this list here. Plus a couple of, Oh, that includes like a couple of, um, uh, uh, eBooks and audio books and a a game soundtrack, but the games in here, I mean like the witness stardew Valley, subnautica, um, invisible ink, uh, some older titles, world of goo, a game I really liked was, uh, you know, stuff I really liked, like the swapper, um girls like robots mini metro is really hot right now on mobile uh nuclear throne is really fun yeah nuclear throne song of the deep which is the uh insomniac indie title um where you you know pilot the little uh uh underwater vehicle so there's like stanley parable oh it's stanley parable yeah there's so there's like games of all you know different uh genres and uh you know some you know newer games older games games that were super hot a while ago games that are hot right now like all kinds of great um, stuff and i think for the most part a lot of these you know to the extent that they are available you can either get them on um you know steam drm free i yep. think some of these are available for android uh stuff like that so it's um it seems super worthwhile and i mean damn it's just <laughs> so many freaking yeah. games here for a good it's pretty cause. awesome there's a book on r programming if you want to yep. <laughs> do that as well so there's the first volume of the boys which is a, a fantastic comic there you go yeah so that's um yeah that's uh the humble freedom bundle and it all 100 percent goes to charity humble says they will match three hundred thousand dollars and i think as of this They've recording already it, they're already at uh 1.5 million dollars that yeah. have been raised through this bundle so i think that's super awesome so it's pretty great yeah uh, and then something Ash alluded to earlier, I like always like to kind of recap the uh, games with gold on Xbox when we have the time to do so. So just a couple of news and notes. What's currently available for February is uh, Killer Instinct Season 2 Ultra Edition, which is awesome. Um, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, which I understand to be a, an excellent couch co-op game. Uh, Monkey Island 2 Special Edition for Xbox 360, which of course all those games are uh, anything that's in games with gold. Uh, now is backwards compatible so that's on xbox one 
And then starting on February 16th, you'll get uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed 1. The first game was really good, at least. The second game was good, too, but the story was not so good. Yeah. And, and uh, Project Cars Digital Edition, which is, I think, uh, Bandai's racing game, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Which I, I believe is also a ginormous racing game. So you could spend you know, 400 hours of your time playing Project Cars and Forza, right? It's like, <laughs> um, if you if you owned all those games. And, like, I think the club, Ubisoft's racing game, the club was available a few months ago. So it's like, you could just spend all of your time doing that and it would be <laughs> A-OK. Uh, another interesting thing that I read is that I believe that uh, Skate 3 is now in the EA Access Vault, which was like, That's as soon, cool. yeah, man, as soon as that game became back compat, I just bought it because I, I was like dying to play it again because it's so good. Like as far, I don't, I don't, I feel like there hasn't been another skateboarding game to rival it. I mean, like the Tony Hawk game that came out recently was like apparently not so good. And, uh, skate is kind of like in the same idea that Forza is a game that you could just kind of like sit down and play and just chill and do whatever you want. That's what skate three was for skateboarding. You know, um, you could participate in events or you could just pretend like you're skateboarding and just go places and do tricks. And, um, I think the only thing that's maybe be you know worth noting at this point is i don't think the servers are up anymore so uh, i believe there's no ah, yeah. yeah i tried to when i was uh playing when it was announced i tried to go online to find people to just skate around with and i couldn't find anything so i'm assuming that either nobody's playing it or the servers are down so that's something something just to keep in mind uh, but who knows if it hits the vault today and people pick it up maybe maybe there will be something there so uh that's kind of like the semi-free games update for xbox um the next bit of news that i wanted to mention is that uh amazon has picked up at least a pilot for um, a series based on the video game costume quest from double fine and it's coming from the uh adventure time studio is gonna create the cartoon so um cool. that all sounds like really great stuff the i mean the, they've got the tech coming they've got yeah the... Uh, grand tour that i like and then this costume quest but like i mean like amazon's upping there and man in the high tower costume quest like i mean a lot of double fine ip would be excellent for some kind of television or cartoon but i mean costume quest is incredible just because of the premise of the show like it's it's amazing yeah. um and you know there's plenty of halloween fans out there so if this game was just kind of like persistently i mean if this television show was some kind of in like a persistent state of Halloween. I think that would be kind of amazing too, if they were able to do something like that, but um, that's really exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I don't know when it's coming, but I'm guessing that uh, probably later this year, if I had to guess, right. Cause that's when they do pilot season is in the August, right? Maybe in the fall. Yeah. 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 Sounds about right. Yep. So keep an eye out for that. I'm sure we'll be talking about that later on when that comes to prime. Lots that's of good awesome. stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a crazy busy year. Uh, next thing is that E3 is open to the public for the first time this year, which is kind of crazy. Um, they just revealed a, it's kind of scary just because I think it's going to get uh, it's already a pretty big crowded event. Um, I think they're doing this because a lot of uh, the larger folks have actually pulled out of E3 uh, for one reason or another, mainly to have their own press conferences like Nintendo and yeah. EA access Blizzard. and yeah. And Blizzard, they all have their own big cons and uh, they don't really need E3 to, to plug their stuff anymore. And plus I think just the nature of marketing in general is changing. So I think uh, this was in my opinion, just kind of done to keep E3 alive. Uh, 
tickets right now are currently on sale. It's not sold out yet. And uh, it looks like it is $249 a ticket for a three-day show floor oh, pass. That seems like a lot, does it not? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's not a ton for like a large con like this. Like we're very used to PAX pricing, which is, you know, we're kind of spoiled by PAX in a lot of ways. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of larger trade shows, as you're well aware, are pretty pricey yeah so um this uh you know this is a a pretty decent price i think it's not it's not not outlandish i mean i think the location is what's going to cost you a lot like if you want to get a hotel downtown Uh, la if you want to like travel around la at all um you know that's it's not a cheap city to really traverse all that well i mean at least from my experience in la it's not we did it we did it with uber last time and it was fine or lyft it, was, it wasn't too expensive yeah it was fine it was cheaper than renting a car and we got everywhere we needed to go so. yeah but i i think you know i think it's good that they're doing this um if you've been to packs and stuff before i don't really think like i don't know when i went to e3 it didn't really seem to to offer too much more than a penny arcade expo so mm-hmm. right um you know, it's going to be interesting because the entire tone of the show is going to be different now that the the consumers are there. Because I mean, the whole point of E3 is to you know sell product to people that work in the industry and are you know are are there to learn more about the industry or there to like buy product for whatever business they they operate. Right. So you're there to like sell your shit. But now it's like it's the the consumers are directly at your show. Uh, so I think. I think the overall tone is going to be a lot more, you know, a lot more jubilant. I think people are going to, you know, it's going to be a lot more exciting. Uh, oh, I, I see what you mean. Mm. I wouldn't want to say that e- E3 was somber, but it was definitely like people were there working. Like it was like, you know, people were having fun, but, you know, everyone that was there was someone that worked in the industry. So it's like you can imagine that that vibe is a little bit different because everybody knows what's going on and you know you don't have that excited young you know like yeah. <laughs> kids jumping up and down dying to play something new i mean there was a little bit of that but not like a pax so um, i think it's cool i think uh the more cons the better i'm interested to see if this hurts e3 or helps it or you know what's gonna happen but what do you guys think do you guys care do you want to go no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I feel like we've got a good thing going with uh, PAX. It's in LA, right? E three is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to that. I I like I like visiting LA. I think it'd be fun to go for that reason. Um, how I mean, how would you describe? Is it in LA or is it in Anaheim? It's in LA. It's in like it's... downtown LA. Yeah, I'm is it sure. like at the convention center or somewhere? Yeah, yeah, it's at the LA convention center. Yeah, I mean, so that's I, that's not too bad, I guess, in my opinion, but. Uh, you know, something like PAX, some that that is pretty great because of the expo, but also all the other things that happen around it. So I guess it would kind of depend on what other things might be happening at the time in terms of, I mean, do they do panels or is it just the floor? Because that's that might be a hard sell if it's just the floor. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just the floor, right? They yeah, really... they they don't have panels. I mean, I guess what I guess the big thing they have going for them is they typically have 
just massive displays like the big dogs bring oh. everything mm. there for the press and and for you know other people in the industry so and a lot of things because e3 was so big for so long like this is where you broke news and where you saw things for the very first time but i think in recent years that trend has just it's just changed like mm-hmm. people now will either you know break their news at a time when there's not a lot of competition or break it at their own event. Like you sure as hell won't see, you know, Blizzard or EA or, uh, these guys are, you know, unveiling new games there. Like you may see a couple of, a couple of the studios do that, but not the folks that have their own cons, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think maybe to that point, it's just that I, maybe marketing folks and teams are kind of realizing that there are other ways to get, uh, get their news to consumers, which is not necessarily through through the press necessarily, but you could, you know, especially with a company like Bioware, you could just share something directly with your community and people will respond very warmly to something like that. So, right. Um, and, you know, Nintendo uh, is very sort of like protective of their messaging. So it would make sense for them to, you know, how they went to, to Treehouse, you know what I mean? As their, as their primary way to deliver news to people. Now it's kind of like a series that they do. Right. So it kind of makes sense for them to do that because they can control the message, uh, in a more structured way. So I think it just depends on, you know, the, the company and sort of the, the philosophy of the company and their way that they want to handle their messaging and, uh, you know, how you want to reach out to consumers as well as interact with your community and and where you place the importance on those things. So, um, it would be fun for the spectacle though. I do, I do agree with that. I think that'd be fun to see. Yeah, I think, you know, it has a lot of potential to be a lot of fun, I think, for general consumers. But somebody said, you know, right as we were getting started, like six years ago, Mm. somebody told us, you know, the best way to watch E3 now is from your couch. And I don't think that's wrong. Like, that's what we've been doing to cover it for, you know, since e3 since we started the site is like we'll, we'll cover e3 but we'll just sit in our pajamas for two days and like you know message each other on slack back and forth and talk mm-hmm. about all the cool things that are going on because all the press conferences are streamed all the all the things are streamed like we don't necessarily need to get that 10 minutes of hands-on with a game that um isn't really indicative of what the game is like anyway you know so yeah. as we know now um, so so much can change from the time that a game is announced to the to the point at which it's released, if it's released at all. Right. I mean, if you're right. if you're a kid that lives in the southwest of the country, you know, like this is probably very good because you, you're not getting a whole lot else in your area. You get Comic Con, which has dropped most of its games. PAX South is in Texas, which is a haul if you're in California. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe it's good in that sense that it's everything. All the cons tend to be. It's PAX is Seattle, Boston's, you know and uh san antonio so maybe it's just like an area thing it's good for the people that are there and and that'll be that'll be a nice i like i said i just I, for me it's like flying out there i'm with you i'd rather just sit on the couch and i love la i, I would visit for sure but mm-hmm. i don't know it's just like that another giant con like that is just sort of like it's overwhelming i think yeah, you have to go with a real clear purpose of why you're going right if you're not yeah. going to like sell something or to you know, get the scoop on something. Well then like, why are you headed out there? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be like going to WWDC just to hear the phone announcement. Like like it's just insane. Like you should be going because it's, it's a industry thing, not because it's, you know, right. Right. Well, I mean, I'm certainly going to go just to hand out hip hop CDs, like outside of the convention center. That's, that's my purpose. That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Next, 
next little bit of news is about uh, Infinity War. And there's actually been a lot of information uh, released about Infinity War in the past couple of weeks. It's been sort of trickling out. I guess last year they invited a lot of the um, like A-tier press sites out to the shooting in Atlanta. And they were under... Um, they were under embargo until like last week about what they saw. And uh, a lot of those sites, the embargo lifted last week. And so they were able to talk about their time on set. So sites like Collider and uh, Slash Film and stuff actually got to go out there and, and hang out on set with them filming Infinity War. And uh, they actually put out a teaser video that's available all over the place. If you just like do a search in, um, in YouTube for Infinity War teaser, uh, it'll pop up. And it's pretty cool. It shows uh, Spider-Man, Tony Stark, and uh, Star-Lord all on set at the same time in the same frame, talking about you know how they're excited for their first day of shooting. And has a cool little interview with Kevin Feige talking about uh, you know sort of what this the culmination of all these films is like, and you know and how really special that is. And uh, you know some of the the cool stuff that got leaked is just the fact that. It almost sounds like they are going to be shooting this film from Thanos' perspective, which I think is the craziest thing ever. I don't know if it's entirely true, but that's sort of like what the vibe of a lot of the interviews and stuff that I saw come out of that um, press being on set. It sounds like Infinity War is going to be, you know camera on Thanos most of the time and like heroes show up to try and fight him so on and so forth. We don't know the plot yet hmm. other than the fact that he's getting the, the infinity stones, but it sounds like it's going to be like all I mean, that, Josh Brolin all the time. That sort of follows the comic, right? So like if you read the, the original infinity war series, it, it follows um, Adam Warlock. Is that yeah. Name? Mm-hmm. You see it from his perspective, but you, they also do Thanos's perspective like very heavily, like uh, his, his talks with death and like, all the stuff that's going on on that side of it is very like present in the comics. So I could see it being kind of tilted that way, especially since we don't have uh, Adam Warlock in the, in the movie series. So, you know, it, it could be really cool. I, I think that, that I, it's, it's amazing to me that they're already talking about it. I'm just kind of like, Oh my God, this movie's coming. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm ready for this. It's totally insane. It's totally insane. Um, and it, it's, you know, it, like we, we, we talk about all the time in the show, we have three three Marvel films coming out the year, this year. Yeah. We have two Marvel Netflix films coming out this year. The Legion uh, show, uh, which yep. we probably should have watched and reviewed, just aired this week. Melissa watched it, loved it. I haven't caught up on it yet. I hear it's actually really great. I just yeah. I I hated that character growing up I did like a lot. I hated yeah. him. Uh, I had, it you know, had a lot of negatives going for me. It was like part of the X world, and I I didn't love that character, and I just was like, oh god, I don't know if I'm if I'm in yeah. This. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. But, um, you know, if we have that coming out, then we have Runaways next year. We have Cloak and Dagger next year. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, like, it's just a crazy, crazy time. Then, of course, we have, you know, Infinity War, and then everything, the world explodes, and we die. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> wow. it. That's okay. going to be the end. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know what happens in Infinity War 2. We'll never yeah, get that far. Yeah. We won't get there. Um, let's quickly talk about Castlevania. Yeah, what? so this kind of just got like slyly dropped this week for like no no real press or reason, but Netflix is making a Castlevania show. So cool, man. That's crazy, right. man. So you guys are in for this. You think this will be fun? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if of it's of, of the same quality as Voltron, then absolutely. It means they're going to bring A-tier voice talent and they're going to do really, really well with it. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm, 
while they're not everything is a hit on Netflix, yeah. I honestly feel like the majority of their content is at least like B minus or higher. Like I don't think I don't know I about that, man. I think that really? they just they put out so much content that it's like only the B plus stuff floats to the top. Like there is there is new content weekly on that channel. Like Netflix has new shows coming out almost every week and new movies getting definitely between movies and shows definitely every week there's something brand new put out. Right. So it's like you hear the stuff that kind of floats up and they're so good at focusing in on things that you will like on your profile that like I, I just don't think you see it, it's yeah, been you're, interesting. You're probably absolutely right. Yeah. It's been interesting because Melissa has her own profile and I have mine and her stuff, the stuff that gets floated to her doesn't get floated to me. And it's like, I'll watch some of the stuff that she gets suggested and she'll like it. And I'll be like, I can't stay like, what is this piece of junk? <laughs> like, so I think they're just very, I think they're very good at what they're doing right now. So, and putting out the amount they do now, that being said, I agree. I actually think this could be, could be really fun and, and pretty cool. It's written by uh, Warren Ellis of so comic cool. book fame which is crazy he's like a giant name in comic books uh so i think it'll be i think it'd be cool it could be like ultra bloody too right yeah i hope so i mean the, the tone of the original castlevania it was always like dark and gothic i didn't see it as like very very gory but it was you know ultra serious like there yeah. was, the only you I mean simon belmont in the old nintendo power cartoon was sort of comedic and very Prince Charming cheesy, but the Castlevania game character, Simon Belmont, was, uh, you know, for what little character we got out of him, he was a pretty <laughs> pretty serious dude. Yeah. That's cool. You That's in cool for it, stuff. Scott? Yeah, I'm totally. I'm super on board with that. I'm. It, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, it's Netflix, right? So you're going to try it. It's going to come oh, on. Yeah. You're going to go like, yeah. yeah, sure. Why not? Let's give it a shot. So, like, I think that's all good. It's good stuff. Cool. Oh, yeah, I got, I'm going to watch it in 4K, guys. Ooh, nice. I remembered that was a thing I did this week. Got a TV? <laughs> got a TV. That's exciting. All right, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so Scott and I watched uh, the beginning, at least the pilot, for the new Netflix series Santa Clarita Diet, which is literally something that I knew nothing about, <laughs> popped up in my queue and uh, snuck up on me and ended up really enjoying the pilot. Um, it involves a family of realtors and uh, one of them ends up becoming a zombie. Uh, it stars Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. Uh I love Timothy Oliphant, of course, from uh, from Deadwood. He's he's an incredible actor. Good to see him in in something a little silly and comedic. Uh, and you know, it kind of made me realize how much I miss Drew Barrymore. Um, yeah, I I am I'm a big Drew Barrymore fan, man. Like from back in the day, like Never Been Kissed with Josie Grossi is like one of the best films ever. <laughs> Freaking love that movie. Totally. Um, and you know, and I have a guilty pleasure for the the old Charlie's Angels movies. So uh, it was good to see her in a really kind of goofy comedic role, um, ultra gory, super gross out, uh, just just silly, like just crazy silly. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, she like it's it's really just Drew Barrymore. She just goes for it. You know what I mean? Like it is right. so, like you said, it's, it's total gross out. Um, I remember, uh, the, 
what's his name tim timothy was he was on a late night talk show and he was saying like there were people on set including him that felt like they were going to throw up when they were filming certain scenes of the show and she was just like a trooper she's like more blood give me more blood you know what i mean yeah, uh, yeah. but it's it's like it's silly and it's it's fun and it's yeah it's super rated r on the border of nc-17 as well so mm-hmm. uh if you're looking for an r-rated comedy that's ultra gross out ultra vulgar um with some great actors in it uh, i definitely say give it a shot um since i've only seen the the pilot i can't really I, I don't really know what the overall arc of the series is going to be, but I can tell you it's probably just them coping with her becoming a zombie and these new urges. Her becoming a zombie, she kind of becomes like more of like a 15-year-old boy, like a horny 15-year-old gross-out boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, who's just like yeah, getting her fluids exactly. all over everything, getting mm. her, her, her ick on everything, and then like, you know just uh being super promiscuous <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> but um, it's, it's awesome yeah, there's I a lot really of special guests too i think that's worth mentioning is that there's a lot of uh you know guest stars on the show so um it's certainly worth and watching Fillion is in the pilot yeah yeah absolutely so i mean if that should that alone should be enough to get people to watch the pilot is just because of the the cast in that in that episode so uh give it a shot it's on netflix like everything is now so uh santa clarita diet is the name of the show unfortunate name i would say <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think it makes sense as you as you watch but uh it does but i think it's still <laughs> a pretty unfortunate name yeah um did either of you actually get to see powerless i yet? did that's why yeah. i put it in here i, I wanted to i haven't seen it what, what do you think man? Oh, is it just me that's going to talk yeah, about I powerless you. Okay. i haven't i haven't gotten a chance to catch up oh okay sure you. well okay so there's um a uh, new TV show on NBC that just started. I think there's only two episodes in so far. It's called Powerless. It's uh, based in the DC universe. And the premise of the show is that, um, uh, let's see, what's his name? I just blanked on it. His name is Danny Booty. No. Alan Tudyk. Thank you. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. Oh my God. Just name all the men in the show. Yeah. So um, Alan Tudyk is the, I want to say the brother of Bruce Wayne or the cousin of Bruce Wayne. Cousin. Yeah. Cousin it's gotta be cousin. Yeah. He's a, uh, a cousin of Bruce Wayne and he, uh, basically runs a, like a Wayne tech R and D division. And so, um, and it's, it's a comedy, right? It's a half hour comedy. And, uh, so they, he hires, uh, Vanessa Hudgens character onto the show to be the manager of a team of like scientists and researchers that are, tasked with developing different kinds of technology for 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 wayne tech right so um it's super tongue-in-cheek like uh alan tudyk is kind of an asshole who you know wants to be able to move to gotham but he can't you know he can't make that happen just yet so he's you know he's struggling to to move up uh meanwhile nobody really believes in uh vanessa hudgens character as a manager so she's trying to like win over her team which um includes um Danny Pudi and Ron Funches and uh, Jeannie Pearson are the, are the other characters on the show. And uh, it, w- what kind of makes it funny is that all of these characters live in a city in which it is very common to have superheroes battling all around them all the time. So um, they kind of just take it all for granted, you know, all the crazy stuff that's happening in the city. And they're just like, Oh, looks like we're going to be late for work today. You know, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that, but it is, um, 
it's it's really funny it's i i would i would definitely recommend it of course alan tudyk is awesome um i haven't really seen a lot of uh, other stuff that vanessa hudgens was in but she's really funny as well and then um you know danny pooty is is danny pooty of course and he's he's really good too there's just a lot to like about the show and it's very um it's very sort of like bright and colorful so there's a lot of like eye candy kind of stuff in the show and there it's kind of reminds me in some ways of uh, a show like eureka where people you know like there are inventions and really smart people and then it's kind of like a part of that and then it's part of a workplace comedy as well if that kind of makes any sense so that's um, awesome yeah it's, i like I, I like the entire cast i i sort of like had this for i mean for a variety of reasons vanessa hudgens is incredibly talented but she mm. did i think grease live last year and she like unfortunately her mom passed away like right before they did grease live like oh, wow. live on tv Jeez. and uh she so she had to perform like like within like a day of like, her mom or her dad passing away. I forget which, unfortunately, but um, her performance was just incredible. So I was just like, you know what? Anyone that can do that and just like give that kind of performance with something. So yeah, you know, absolutely awful happening to them. Like just have insane respect for, for performers like that. Yeah. So I mean, she's, I'll, I'll watch anything with she, her. In she's it now. actually really, she's really great in the show. I was surprised by her. I mean, I probably shouldn't be because I just haven't seen anything else that she's been in, but right. I mean, we're not the demo. She's like a Disney kid, you know, like, right. And I, I think, wasn't she in, um, was that she was in glee, right? was the show that she was in, I believe. Oh no. She was a glee kid. Oh, high school musical. Sorry. I was close. Oh, okay. I was close to the mark, but, um, yeah, she's, um, she like coming into the show, obviously I was kind of in the headspace of community cause Danny Pudi was in the show. And so like the thing that kind of struck me about her character right off the bat is that like, it seemed like she was sort of channeling something of a, uh, Annie Edison character, <laughs> like, you know, cause she's oh, yeah. very like kind of bubbly. She has this like freshness that she brings to the office and she really wants to kind of like motivate the team to do things. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I don't, I don't know how well received it is being so far, but I tend not to worry about stuff like that, especially when there's, you know, when a show is just trying to get out of its pilot. Um, I like to give a show maybe like three to five episodes before I, you know, decide if I'm going to keep watching it. So, um, so far so good. I'm into it. And, um, you know, I believe in the cast. So I think for me, it's, it's worth watching, continuing to watch, see where it goes. Add it to the queue. Yeah. Add it to the queue. It's on NBC. I don't know what, what day it's on or anything like that, but it's on Hulu. So that's where I, where I am watching it right now. Cool. Cool. Well, we all had a chance to play Fire Emblem Heroes over the past week or so, so I thought maybe we'd spend a couple minutes talking about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. My I, brief review is there's only so many energy games I can take, and I already mentioned that I'm playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, yep. <laughs> uh, which is, I think, more her- <laughs> it's more heroic than, <laughs> than Fire Emblem. No, I, I enjoyed it. I just, um, for me, as someone who really loves turn-based strategy, um, I kind of felt like it was lacking depth. And mm, uh, even yeah. though I, I played for a while, I was like, oh, like my characters only have like, you know, one or two moves each. And I saw started seeing a lot of repetition with characters and combat isn't exactly the most invigorating or visually stimulating thing uh, in Fire Emblem Heroes. And I know there's a lot of people that are loving this game that are going to be pissed at me, but I just felt it was kind of a, a bit of a slog. I felt like the tactical options for my units were were pretty slim and uh i just was like you know what this isn't a game for me and that was after maybe four five hours of playing so yep 
Yeah, I uh, I felt the depth issue too. I was actually pretty excited when I first started the game because I liked the look and feel. It reminded me of a lot of the classics, you know, mm-hmm. like old right. Fire Emblem and stuff. And I think I said that on the podcast. Um, and then uh, I think there was so there was a moment that broke it for me, and I was like doing a training one, or I don't remember what I was doing, playing one of the matches, and uh, like I hit go, and I was like, okay, well, strategically. What am I going to do here? And then I was like, uh, I'm going to wait because I want to see where they're going to move. And I waited. And then they didn't move. And then I was like, huh. So I waited again. <laughs> and then they didn't move again. And I was like, so they're just not going to move until I move. And I like waited it out like three or four turns and they didn't move at all. And I was like, cool AI. And that kind of just backed off entirely. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was just one of those moments where you're like, man, I wanted a little bit more from this. But but um, yeah, I don't know. I like. I think I'm in the same boat. I just wanted it to be a little bit more, like a little bit more depth. Maybe I just didn't hit it, but I also feel like I played for a little bit at least. So, I mean, Scott, I, you played the most, I think, right? Yeah, I played quite a bit. I actually quit after one day and I told you guys this. I was like, I'm already done with this game. And then like a day passed and I thought like, well, I want to see a little bit more of the game. And I think I had at least enough effort to put into the game that I could squeeze out a couple more, um, like, pulls of the slot machine if you will to get uh mm-hmm. new characters so i just wanted to see what happened with that and um i i tend to agree with you guys like as far as the you know from a thousand foot view there's not this game is not very different from a game like galaxy of heroes um you know from a very high level view in terms of what you're actually doing throughout the game and uh there you know like ash said there are a lot of games like this that are energy based and you know you collect characters or cards that represent your characters or something of that nature and then you acquire some kind of premium currency and that's what you use to you know unlock an opportunity to get um other characters so um all of that stuff is very similar and i think you know from a general perspective it really boils down to your interest in the ip so of course there are a lot of fire emblem fans out there there are a lot of nintendo fans out there so when a game like this comes along, it's just like, oh, more of this, which is awesome. And I think that's why, you know, in recent memory, I was able to play um, Galaxy of Heroes as long as I did uh, before I eventually stopped. But when that game came out, I played, I think I did all the dailies. I played every single day for uh, over 30 days, right, in a row. So um, I certainly got my fill of that. But, um, you know, Fire Emblem for me, is not enough to hold me. I totally agree with what Matt is saying with um, the way that they do the tactics. And this was my kind of my beef with advance wars too, which was um, the AI in a, in a turn-based like grid game like this has no incentive to attack you at all. It's yeah. like, it's really yeah. all on you to do everything. And um, in fire emblem, you can actually turn on uh, what they call the danger zone where you can see, like if you move within the zone, another, you know, one of the other, enemies has the ability to strike you right yeah and so basically what they do is they don't do any the the other team doesn't do anything until you put one of your characters inside of the strike zone right and then once you do that they start moving around and attacking and doing things like that but basically good i was gonna say the concession then at that point is that you always have to let the other team attack you first which is annoying you know what i mean yeah uh and that was like so like in older games and granted these maps are relatively small which i think is part of it but Mm -hmm. uh in older games it didn't ever feel like in like even if you go back to like shining force let's say right um when the enemies hit the map it didn't feel like they were already strategically placed 
Like yes. they would be in random sort of spots. You'd see them kind of shifting around. And I'm not saying like the AI should rush in on you. Like that doesn't make any more sense either. But you want to at least see them move around and see like what they're trying to do as an AI while you're coming up to play it. You know what I mean? And like, yes. it is just really a bummer to always have to make that first move into a place. Cause even if you move your guys around and you don't enter their zones, they'll just sit there. They'll yeah. do oh, literally yeah. nothing. No, they don't do anything. There. Yeah. I mean, in, crazy. in advance wars, they would, I mean, it was almost more annoying in advance wars because if you didn't move fast enough, sometimes they would just fold into total defense, you know, and just block a bridge or something like that. But oh, yeah. that doesn't happen a whole lot in this game, but they, literally don't do anything and what i what i think would have been a good fix for that would have been to have had um maybe set some kind of like strategy like a global strategy for each you know battle within the game so maybe you go to one map and yes the team just sits there and waits for you to come in like they're passive but maybe on a different map they're aggressive and they come after you right. and don't, don't give you a chance to kind of get your team established or whatever and it then, felt like I felt like a lot of times i was grouping all of my guys together and moving them as a bundle to like do yep most of my fights because otherwise one person would get marooned and die like borderline immediately. Mm -hmm. And then you're rushing and do something after that. Like it just was very odd. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I'm, I saw, you know, a number of different maps and I thought that, you know, within the handful of maps that I saw, I thought there was good variety within those maps, but then I just started to see them over and over again. So, um, you know, this game has, a quote unquote story mode, which is like every character in the game goes, wow, you're summoning things. You're a great summoner. Yeah. Why, why are these other people fighting against us? We don't know. You're such a great summoner. Like that's the whole story of the game, right? It's very like super meta. Um, yeah. And they, I mean, they claim that there's going to be more content added over time. They say they're going to support the game as long as people are playing it. But what, you know, what, you know, monetized game doesn't do that. Right. So um, mm-hmm. they're going to add more story content. Um, you know, there's, it's kind of like a slap in the face. They have these daily challenges that um, require you to keep all of your team alive in order to complete the challenges. And they yield like one and two star characters. And there's, you know, the highest in the game is a five star character. So it's like, you're really just doing it for your own enjoyment. Cause there's nothing else to do. Um, something else that I was kind of like, I learned about over the pro- the course of this game is uh, this idea of re-rolling. Have you guys ever, are you familiar with this? This concept? I think you talked to me about this, but yeah, yeah. I, I know what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had, I didn't, I was not really aware of this as far as like an energy-based game, like a you know slot machine collectible character game goes. But apparently, what people are doing is that they'll just they'll play through the game, through the tutorial enough to the point where you can draw your first five characters from summoning pool, and if they don't like the characters that they got, they'll just delete all their data. restart the game you know fresh and then act as if they're starting for the first time go through those same steps again draw those first five characters until they get something they like right so you know there are already people out there that start the game off you know with four you know three or four five star characters for free so right off the bat you're at a disadvantage right Mm -hmm. Um, there's a story on reddit apparently of someone who spent um a thousand dollars of real money in order to um you know, draw as many characters as they could because they quote unquote wanted to just see what would happen, um, which is kind of like that's crazy pants too. But uh, I, you know, at that point, you can't compete with those people online, nor do I want to. So at a certain point, it just becomes like, what is the point of me playing this game? And it's kind of like a circular logic, right? It's like, right. you play the game to unlock characters, you unlock the characters so that you can play the game in order to unlock more characters. And And at that point, it's like, well, if I don't care about the characters I'm unlocking, and if the 
gameplay itself is sort of lacking in depth, then there's not really a whole lot to do if I don't care what it is that I'm unlocking. Because I don't know who these characters are. I haven't played all the other Fire Emblem games. So I don't know. For me... Yeah, they have, there's no emotional attachment. Yeah, there's no emotional attachment. So it's not like... there. I mean, I know there are people out there that are Fire Emblem fans just in the same way that I am a Star Wars fan. But right. I basically played up until the point where I, unlo- I could unlock Rey, which is who I wanted. And at that point, I was like, well, I have her now. I'm done. You know, like, it's yeah. like, that's what I wanted. I got it. I played with her like a couple times. Then I was like, so okay. you're saying that you want Ray is what you're saying. I said I wanted to unlock her and I did. Oh, unlock her. man. I unlocked, I unlocked the secrets. Yeah. Scandalous. <laughs> I will not speak ill of her. I'm sure she could be. So anyways, anyways, yeah, we're sure that there's a bunch of Fire Emblem Heroes fans yelling at us right now. That's okay. We're always positive on it. We can not like things no, I'm sometimes, just, I'm right? honest. It's, it really, it's the IP. Like, if you like Fire Emblem, you'll love this game. Yeah, and if you'll you, probably love it. If you don't, yeah, you'll right. play for, like, a week, and you'll d- delete it and move on to the next one, the next, yeah. you know, collectible game that comes along, because there's tons of them. Yep. Yep. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah for so sure. Totally. I think that's totally fair. So, cool. uh, the last thing on here is um, I was, was got back from my staycation, was chilling on the couch, because it's freezing cold and wet outside right now. Hmm. Um, and, uh, Netflix had said, Hey Matt, you watch a lot of documentaries. Here's a new series we made, uh, called abstract, the art of design. Um, and, uh, I do watch a lot of documentaries. I don't talk about all of them on here cause we tend to not get political for better or for worse. We think you hear enough of that elsewhere. Yeah. That's not what you come so from. yeah, that's not what you're listening for. Uh, so, but when stuff like this comes along, like about food or art or all these, I try to talk about them a little just so you guys can uh, maybe search for them on Netflix if you want to want to see something good and beautiful. Uh, this series is really unique and actually kind of cool. Um, even if you're not like head into design, like you don't you don't you know read magazines about it and whatever else it might be. Um, basically, what they've done is they've taken one. I don't know if they're like like icons they're big names in the in like a field but they're not like they're not like household names i guess is the way i would say it uh so the first episode's about an illustrator from new york by way of i think germany um and he's a big illustrator for the new yorker he does a lot of their covers he did their ai cover that had like the new york city skyline that popped out of the magazine when you looked at it with your ipad or whatever Hmm. um the first one's about him and it kind of just it it kind of talked about like how he thinks and what he how he looks at the world and how he looks at art and how he kind of cr- comes up with creative designs and, and what his process is sort of. And then the second one, um, oh, I'm going to blank her name. It, it's a, uh, she's basically a stage designer. Her name's Ez something. I just blanked on it. Uh, but she works with like Beyonce and Kanye and, uh, uh, she does a bunch of theater in England and, and she does all this stuff with light and kind of stage design. And it is, it is like beautiful and astounding and it honestly is the best episode that that i saw of this show um and it kind of goes into her process and how she thinks and, and all this other stuff and then the next one was like about an architect so it's all these different fields they don't just like it's not like just about watching one guy sit in photoshop for eight episodes <laughs> right, <or something>. of course <laughs> uh but what's really unique and kind of neat about it is that each artist um and the director that gets paired for that episode um kind of group up and come up with the theory of what they want this episode to kind of look and feel like. So each episode, it's not like chef's table is very samey, same sort of from episode to episode. It's very gorgeous and it's all about food and mm-hmm. they do these, all these like gorgeous kind of panoramic shots of people cooking. 
this show, every episode looks and feels and is different. Like not only is the subject matter different because one will be an architect and another is a stage designer, but also like the actual method of shooting and what it looks like is totally different. So oh, it's cool. it's really kind of fun yeah. and like you never get too bored with it. Like the architect one, they talk to him about it and they're like, well, what do you want this to feel like? And he's like, I, I want this to be uh, Inception the documentary or something like that. <laughs> right. So there's all these like crazy like world tilted shots of the buildings that he's built and and all the stuff that he's worked on and and the and the light designer was like hers was all about light and there's all these crazy like things abstract things going on during it when she's talking and then you just kind of hear them talk about i mean they're all like normal people you know they have like kids and this is a job it's like any other job they go to during the day and whatnot but like they come out of it having created these kind of astounding things at the end of the day so um but yeah, it, it it's really unique and kind of neat and fun. And like, if you want to be inspired or you just want to see people creating stuff that just truly like live in their kind of career and field, uh, it's it's neat. It's it's really cool and not boring. Because I've seen a lot of design documentaries that are like, I don't know, kind of up their own ass about oh, design. Self indulgent. Yeah, and this this doesn't feel that way. It feels much more playful and fun and informative and really kind of more about this one really unique person and how they think and less about like how great architecture is for the world or something. <laughs> you know what great. I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah, so so definitely check it out. It's called Abstract the Art of Design and it's it's on Netflix now. I think there's 8 episodes total, I believe, but um but yeah, really fun, easy to put on and watch an episode or two and not feel like tired out or completely blown away by what's going on. You know, it, it's it's just it's just a really good look into the creative world. And I think that's kind of the stuff that lets you unplug right now and, and is, is good to see. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Good recommendation. So check it out. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think we're uh, we're done. Time to kind of do it up. Go go to sleep. <laughs> OK. <laughs> I think it's sleepy time uh, <laughs> for you. Thank you guys for listening to episode 259 of the rated NA podcast. We got to do something special for 260. Yeah. Who no knows? pants. Cupcakes. No pants. 260 cupcakes. Um, you guys can follow us on Twitter and that's at nerd appropriate. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, net slash nerd appropriate twitch TV slash nerd appropriate. Uh, we're going to be at PAX East and we're going to be doing stuff there. So please, if you're going to PAX East this year in March, which is about a month away, um, please, you know, come say hi to us. Let us know, reach out on social media. We might do a little bit of a a meetup prior to, uh, prior to what we're going to do there, our secrets. Um, and what else? We're going to probably be at Bax Prime. We're going to be all over the place. Oh, yeah. We're Comic-Con. Just, you know, Comic-Con. PAX, uh, PAX Tabletop or whatever. Yeah. What is we're that representing. Called? We're going, uh, we're going PAX, places this year. PAX Philly. <laughs> I don't know what it's yes. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with an all new show. Yeah. Bye. Later. Bye.
But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with an all-new show. Bye. Later. Did you do the usual social and email and all that? <laughs> <laughs>